It's kind of like getting financial advice from like uh, uh, Andre Risen, you know, the guy. Who... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I would take it. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, maybe tax advice for Wesley. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Training advice from Dale Robbins. <laughs> there were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets, RacingDudes.com, for all of your needs, RacingDudes.com, for all of your leads, RacingDudes.com, for all of your bets, RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Welchies, Aaron Halterman, this is Blinkers Off, what's up man, I'm back. You are back, you're back and I'm live from the COVID basement, so what? what's up man? Dude, we're falling apart over here, this is ridiculous. <clears throat> It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I'm quarantined. Uh, I think I think I can come upstairs Sunday, maybe. Um, yeah, found out I had COVID yesterday. Feel fine, though. I mean, a little cold as well. It really feels like so no big deal. Don't uh, don't worry about me. But yeah, well, I got I got a new location. Uh, so yeah, that's if it's if it's strange what you're seeing. That's that's the reason why. <laughs> Yeah, it it's, uh, seems like it's – although none of us have been around each other, the, the sickness has gone rampant through the uh, Racing Dudes team in the last, like, month and a half. It's really been crazy, and, you know, I don't really do anything. That's what's weird about this know. one, you know? So, I, and you don't either. I mean, it, it, so I don't know. I don't know how we got it. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we didn't give it to each other because we haven't seen each other. So, I it's just uh, – I don't know. Just going around uh, Missouri, I guess. Dude, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you if you've escaped any sort of sickness in like the past three months, then well done. Like your immune system is clearly better than than mine and yours because I mean, I feel like I've been sick more the last couple of months than I've been sick in the last like ten years. It's it's weird. Yeah, I, I think it's just been like one of those bad winters where you know COVID obviously going around, and then you you had something else that was going around that was mimicking COVID, but it wasn't. I mean. We're falling apart a little bit from that from that perspective. I told Heather, I said, you know, maybe just staying in this house the rest of our lives would be fine. <laughs> Get everything delivered and just walk the dog. That's that's when we go outside. That's it. Well, well, let's be honest. I mean, look at. I mean, I've been obviously I've been to your house. You, you're 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 doing okay down in the basement. Like you're, life is not super difficult down there. I see in the background, Bleaker's office on the uh, the projector down there. I mean, I'm yeah. guessing, I'm guessing you're surviving. You know, it's been okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've got the I've got the TV here, and uh, I've been able to watch whatever I've wanted for the last uh, two days. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been okay. You know, I, I I'm surviving, and that's that's the main thing, Jared. You just got to get through these next few days, right? Yeah, it's tough that it fell on a weekend of racing for you. That you know, yeah. you're not you, you got to stay down there, not be bothered. Uh, how's how's the food situation? Does she just like 
sit it down, like, you know, bring it down and put it at the bottom of the stairs for you? How's that working? Yep, that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah, I've got all, like, my lunch and breakfast and coffee stuff down here. But, yeah, for dinner, I, I have nothing. So, yeah, she just sits it at the, at the, at the, in the bottom of the stairs, and I come and get it. So, <laughs> it's kind of like I'm in a really nice jail. <laughs> so... <laughs> The food's better than, than, than jail, but it is kind of like you, you're in a bigger jail with a lot more freedom, but not 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 too much. <laughs> yeah, you, get, you go outside on your own. You break time if you want. Yep. Um, yep. Do, how, how does the food, like, do you get to give you say in what's being ordered? Or is it just like, you know, a bell rings and you go get whatever's at the bottom of the stairs? So I ordered something today that she went and got. Um, well, I didn't right. order it, but she went and ordered it and got it for me. I don't know how long. That, I don't know if that'll last through the four or five days I have to be down here. By the end, it may be actual jail where it's like, you know, a cookie and a peanut butter sandwich and it's just thrown down the steps. I'm not sure. But so far, yeah, it's it's kind of just been, a uh, you know, I, I just tell her and she goes and gets it. So. <laughs> Jeez, how do I get one of those? I mean, well, you you have to get the COVID, I think. Well, I don't know. That's that still wouldn't work for you. <laughs> hey, when I was sick, I had t- I had to fend for myself. Well, I mean, well listen, the t- the listen. Tinder girls don't give a shit about when you when you're sick. You know, you're just off the you're just off the roster. If you listen to Papa Dude's advice more about <laughs> dating, maybe you you would you wouldn't be in this problem. <laughs> Oh shit! I I learned so much from that show the other night. You know that uh, I I don't know if I could ever repay him enough. You know for the advice. Although knowing your dad as as well as I do is like it's pretty damn funny getting advice from him. Yeah, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, but it's good. It's good. If you haven't listened to Dudes Bet Sports, uh, the recap for the Super Bowl, go check that out. Uh, it's hysterical. Um, all right, but you're you're sick. What? Well, as I say, it's kind of like getting financial advice from like uh, uh, Andre Risen, you know, the guy. Who- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I would take it. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, maybe tax advice for Wesley. Yes. Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> Training advice from Dale Romans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You take it with a grain of salt, right? You right. enjoy it, and then you kind of let it. You know, Dennis probably took it to heart, but other than that, I'd say. <laughs> That's why Dennis is miserable today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Papa Dude, you led me down the wrong path. So, anyways, uh, you know, you're sick, but you're, you, you know, we are fully uh, equipped and ready for uh, this weekend's uh, Risen Star. Of course, a wagering guide available right now at racingdudes.com. Risen Star is the fit, first 50 point uh, derby prep of the season, of course. Really, other than the uh, the one minor one left at the, what is it, Golden Gate? Um, was it Turfway? Which one is the last one? Uh, the Turfway, yeah, yeah, Turfway. Um, that's it. You know, we're into the fifty point and on races. You know, you you start going on from here. Uh, you win one of these, you're in. You know, like you 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 get fifty points, and we've talked about it enough. Maybe you get second, you you you're in. You know, in these races because of the the point totals and and the Baffert horses. You know, basically stealing points, so to speak. So. These next two months, highly critical. Oh, no doubt. I mean, and, and like you said, with the Baffert situation, it just makes things that much more critical, and it, it makes things so much wide, uh, more wide open. I mean, uh, Classic Causeway right now, I think, is the leader as far as points go, and he's got like 16, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so usually you've got a few that have got, you know, in the 20s or, or, or even maybe the 30s. But, yeah, it, it's wide open. Uh, the derby points that you see now – 
it's going to change drastically over these next two months. There's no question about it. So don't get don't get married to any of those horses that are currently uh, on the list. So, uh, but it'll be interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see how this kind of unfolds. Uh, and, and again, you know, the Baffert situation is there, whether you want to talk about it or not or accept it, it is there. Uh, Magic is he's a little concerned with the the video. It's really throwing him off. Um, but you know that's that's typical magic. He's having a hard that's, time. Uh, Bree yeah. wants to know if Baffert does get cleared, uh, will his will his will he keep his points earned? Uh, Bree, first of all, make sure you go to our YouTube page and there's a, a Kentucky Derby update from earlier this week. Go listen to that. We really go into this the, all the different scenarios of what we think is going to happen with Bob Baffert and the points. But to kind of give you an answer here, it, one, it seems unlikely he's going to get cleared prior to the Derby. That that seems very unlikely unlikely and two i i don't see a scenario that he gets cleared and gets his points back prior to the derby yeah i think they specifically stated there is no like retroactively giving points like once right. it's done it's done so i do, will he get cleared probably not but this but the to answer your specific question no i think even if he gets cleared those points are gone uh and i think what did what did you guys say in the group chat i saw he, he's he's gotten mm -hmm. 83 total points already yeah that, that yeah, jay, be, yeah jay pribben put out an article uh, on drf today i think it was uh so the, out of the of the 20 uh north american uh preps this year so far baffert has won six of them and seven baffert horses would have earned points so far so he's totaled a or uh, they forfeited a total of 83 points wow that's crazy so I, I really would I, – I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I thought, man, I'd like to kind of see what the leaderboard looks like pretending Baffert, you know, is all, you know like nothing happened. Like to see – because that would just drastically change, you know, who's up there. And, of course, Baffert would have four or five on there easily. Um, obviously, a horse like Messier is, the, is really the – we kind of kept wondering when that one Baffert horse would – making you know like who was the baffert horse and messier seems to be that one after that huge rv lewis and so he's kind of the the one everyone's kind of talking about in terms of what are they going to do are they going to switch trainers are they going to just skip the race completely and go straight to the preakness you know or, or is he going to end up running in the derby like he seems like the, the the one everyone's kind of pinpointing because he seems like the one that's most likely to have a shot to win the thing yeah, absolutely. I think I think as of right now that he is the prime contender in that barn. And the other ones, it's like, yeah, we can send them there and they can compete. But at this moment, you don't really think that they're like serious contenders. Now you got you got big preps coming and, and you know how his horses tend to pop up and, and run big. And then all of a sudden we have our opinions. But we're sitting here February 16th and it's like, well, Messier's the one they really probably should try to get to a different trainer for a final prep and, and take a shot at it. And the rest of them, you could probably wait for the Preakness and you're not going to miss much. But again, that's a, the other beauty, I guess you could say of these next two months is, you know, we sit here on April 16th, we could be saying something completely different. So the fun is uh, really beginning this weekend. Well, shit, you talk about points being stolen. I mean, we haven't got to the big point races yet. So you imagine you get, you know, the Arkansas Derby, say he wins the Arkansas Derby, there's a hundred points gone. Say, he, you know, one of these 50-point races, you know, San Felipe, 50 points, gone. Maybe he finishes one, two, the San Felipe. You know, there's, you know, 50, uh, 70 points gone, you know. So it's just like, like if they continue to rat win these races and 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 steal points, it's going to continue to push the number lower 
in terms of what it, it's going to take uh, to get in, which makes certainly makes it interesting and, and makes it very difficult um, to kind of figure this thing out because, you know, you're going to have horses with like 10 points that are getting in that, yeah. you know, might might mix up the race a little bit in terms of the pace or whatever. So it's definitely it's definitely an interesting year with Baffert. We'll see how that plays out. And obviously we talk about it all the time on our on our YouTube channel. So make sure you go subscribe and, and listen to all those different videos we have out there about Bob Baffert and what that scenario looks like. But let's get to this weekend because we have a huge weekend. It's not just the Risen Star, the entire fairgrounds card is absolutely massive this weekend. Of course you have the Rachel Alexander as well, which is an Oaks prep race so we're going to talk about all the greatest stakes action this weekend at fairgrounds so let's do it this show we do preview the 400k risen star stakes the 2022 Kentucky Derby prep race at fairgrounds we're also going to get some rapid fire selections for the undercard the greatest stakes undercard at fairgrounds including the, including the rachel alexandra a kentucky oaks prep race let's go and they're off and the Risen Star Stakes. Saturday at Fairgrounds, we have a major Kentucky Derby prep race. The first major Kentucky Derby prep race of the season. The uh, Grade 2 Risen Star Stakes, 400K Risen Star Stakes for three goes go to mile and eighth. Race 13 on the program. And again, Kentucky Derby prep points are at stake. 50, 20, 10, 5 for your top four finishers. And like I said in the opening, you win here, you're going to the Derby. You get second you probably are still going to the Derby, especially some of these already have uh, got some points. So Phil of 10 winds up here, including the return. I say the return, making his three-year-old debut. Number eight, Smile Happy, who is kind of, if you had him number one early in the season, you kind of thought, well, but as we've gone on, even without him running, he continues to strengthen his resume, considering who's come back to win races that he beat in the juvenile and the uh, jockey club. So, he comes back, but shit, man, you picked a hell of a race to come back. They go to the Risen Star with him, and you've got the likes of Epicenter, and you got the likes of Zandon making his uh, return. you got Slow Down Andy, the horse that beat Messier uh, at Los Alamitos coming in this race as well. So smile happy, Halterman. It obviously starts with him. He'll be the favorite of this race. He is the favorite of this race. How do you approach this one? Because this race is not easy, considering how even considering how good he is. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody kind of is not everybody, but most people are kind of saying, hey, hey, this is the toughest prep we've seen yet as far as uh, the depth of this race. But you look at this and say, okay, Smile Happy won the Kentucky Jockey Club by three and a quarter. It wasn't even a race. He, he dominated. The second place finisher came back and dominated the Sam F. Davis. You know, why Abar Abario, the third place finisher of the, or finisher of the Kentucky Jockey Club, came back and dominated the Holy Bull. And then Call Me Midnight came back and got up in the shadow of wire to beat Epicenter uh, in the Lecompte last time out. And oh, by the way, he was seventh in the Kentucky Jockey Club. So logic tells you Smile Happy shows up here. He's going to dominate this race, right? I mean, I know it's tough, but it if, if this was a horse trained by Todd Pletcher with Luis Saez or hmm. Irad Ortiz Jr. aboard, I don't think there would be any doubt in anybody's mind, at least in anybody's sane mind, right? No, yeah. Or 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 like, you know, forget Bob Baffert situation, but like if it's Baffert train, you know, I mean it's like this horse is is a lock, right? You know, because it, you look at the the 
what this horse has done. I mean, now is like he's dominating the races he's 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 ran in. It's my it's my happy. He dominated that main special weight at Keeneland. He dominated the Jockey Club. I mean, yeah, Classic Causeway. I mean, Classic Causeway ran really well that day too, and then he just got out ran. Why the Barrio ran well, got had a little traffic trouble, but ran well. I listen. I, I try. I, I I hate betting McPeak at a low price. You know this. Uh, it's against the rules, <laughs> my my personal rules. But I mean, this guy surely can't screw up this horse, right? This here, anyways, in this race. I mean, sure, I don't still don't have faith that this horse can can go on and win the Kentucky Derby, but. It, the, you look at what this horse has done and and I don't know. I mean, I, I do think there's some interesting horses in here that I'm going to play with him, but on, from a win perspective, he should win here. He should. And then the other factor is it seems like there's a lot of pace in the race and he can kind of sit off just a bit. He does. He's not going to come from dead last, but sit, you know, mid pack, maybe a little above mid pack. And just pounce at the top of the stretch. And he's got the whole stretch to run down a few horses that might be a little tired. I mean, it's it, it just seems like this horse is primed and ready. And honestly, I think if he loses or if he doesn't show up with a big effort, it's, it's not going to be real pretty for McPeak after the race. He's already having kind of a tough derby trail, but this horse could turn it all around. Yeah, I mean... He's going to be tough, but you talk about some of these other horses, and we'll go down here to slow down Andy's, who I want to go to next. He beat Messier last time out. Yes, I know it was at Losal. Yes, I know it was a, a weird race, and I know Messier proved a ton in, in his next start in the Robert B. Lewis, but slow down Andy beat him, and now he comes here just like O'Neill did last year with Hot Rod Charlie. I, I don't know. I think this horse, he could prove to be pretty darn good, and this is a real good start for him. So I think he is super interesting in this race. Chad Brown sends in Zandon, who was second by a nose in, in the Rimson. Got beat by a horse that was second last time out in the Holy Bull and in charge and made a pretty nice run at the end. He's super interesting. And then they all have to kind of tackle Epicenter, who has really ran three nice races in a row. I know he lost last time out, but he ran very well uh, in that loss. So those are the four that... I just have a hard time getting away from here. I, th I think these four, you know, I think this field's pretty good underneath them too, but those four just seem to really stick out to me. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, the one that I kept going back to that I didn't really think I would, uh, that I, that I nearly put on top was, uh, was slow down Andy. I just, you, you, you kind of wonder how, how, what that race was. Los Al's weird sometimes, but like obviously Messier came back and ran, huge massive but you watch you re you rewatch the low south charity and and man slow andy is just he's just he's just green and dumb really i mean he, he i i kind of at, at the time you kind of thought well both horses like are rebreaking and it's just insane but slow andy's like gets the lead and then kind of like loses interest his head's all over the place. Messier kind of gets back up the rail. And then he's like, oh, okay, let me get back going. And he goes and just, I mean, passes Messier easily. Um, again, it's like, if that if that's like, if that raw talent is there, like he could be a lot of different things. So him winning here wouldn't, to me, I think he's, this is a very pivotal race for him to see how legit this horse really is. 
I'll be surprised if he doesn't show up with the big grace. I, and I see a couple of the, the haters uh, in the chat, but I, I'm with you. I watched the replays of all these horses extensively on uh, Monday. And he beat Messier and he did it while acting like a fool, really. Mm -hmm. I, I'm with you. And so I'm kind of, I watched it and said, you know, because when, when I watched it at first, like when it happened, I was like, that is a complete throwout. But you watch it again, you watch some of his other races, and you're like, this horse is just kind of, he doesn't get it quite yet. He's just kind of goofy. He's just kind of green. If he kind of puts it together, I think there's enough talent here where he can be competitive. I, like I said, I don't, I couldn't get there with him and bet him to win or pick him to win, but he's kind of scary to me. I think he could show up and run better than, uh, than people think. I, I know it's low Sal and I, I do kind of agree with that sentiment of hey, low Sal, weird things happen, but I think he does have ability. So he's, he's a little scary to me. He's also the one where I don't, I, I don't really know what he is. Like I think epicenter is kind of like a midnight bourbon, right? I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I think we can use him as a measuring stick, much like mm -hmm. we did with Midnight Bourbon. So I know what he is. I think I know what Smile Happy is. You know, the brown horse with Zandon got a pretty good idea. He'll probably show up. If he wins, it probably means a couple of them didn't run very well. But slow down, down Andy, I, I can't get a feel for it, really. I'm a little scared of him. Yeah, you know, and Doug O'Neill's not, you know, he's definitely not afraid to, to ship horses. Um over you know across the country to for races like this i mean like you say he did it with hot rod and he's got a horse in the uh in the oaks we'll talk about that one or the oaks prep i should say the rachel alexander mm -hmm. at that you know he's, he's not i don't think he's bringing either one of these horses with the intention of losing uh, i think both have legit shots so we'll talk about her here in a little bit so yeah i think i think slow and andy's uh, a uh, a serious contender and i think you nailed it with epicenter i i agree i i i really came to this race thinking i might pick him and you know i rewatched the comp several times and it's like, you know, yeah, he, he did some of the dirty work, but it like if he if he, he should have won that race, it, it, you know, if he is if he's that good, like good enough to win this race, I should say, like to me, he should have won that race because like, yeah, he they went sort of fast, but it wasn't like I mean, he had the lead to himself. So it wasn't like it was just insane, like this insane speed duel that that is blaze and he and he held on like I, to me. I don't know. I, I think Epicenter is very, very reliable. I think he's very, like, set, like he's going to give you a run. He's very honest. Um, he certainly could win. I mean, I'm not saying he can't, but I just think we kind of know what he is already, like you said. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'll say about the Lecompte, I feel like he he put away Papa Cap. And it's almost like Rosario and the horse, maybe you can never know what the horse is thinking, obviously, but they almost were like, okay, we got it. And then he just got nipped in like a weird kind of shit. Who would have ever thought that horse was coming type of way, but I'm with you. You still, he, sh he should have lost it. He ran really well. I'll give him credit for it. I didn't drop him down in my rankings all that much, but it was kind of a, a, a kind of a, Red flag, I guess you could say, of just like it, mm, he may not be that good. We're gonna have to see more out of him before we think he's like a legitimate shot to win the Derby. Um, but listen, he can win here, he's got the home field advantage, so to speak, right? You know, uh, th this Zandon, smile happy, slow down, Andy. They're all shipping in. Fairgrounds can be kind of quirky sometimes. You got Epicenter right there at home, so that, that gives him an advantage. And if he can clear that other speed and become the, you know, the, the sort of the speed of the speed, as we say in racing, 
maybe he can sneak away from him here, right? So there's a few different things to think about with him. I, I wouldn't talk anybody off of him. Yeah, and Mark says he went too deep with the five and the eight. He still thinks Epicenter can improve. And, you know, I do, I do think we know what he is, but at the same time, I do think that each race has been slightly better than the last. You yep. know, not anything dramatically, but the horse hasn't, you know, if you look at the numbers, uh, whether a buyer or time form, I mean, the numbers continue to improve with each race. Uh, so, so Epicenter certainly could uh, give this thing a run. But I, to me, I looked elsewhere on top. But let's look at the, the, the horse that was the favorite of the Lecompte, and that's Papa Cap in the, uh, on the inside there. This horse really tripped out in the Lecompte. Had everything kind of, you know, got a rail trip, got it opened up when they turned for home. This horse had a straight, you know, a straight run to it and just got outran uh really by epicenter and the horse like you said call me midnight so you know this horse has a big figure uh back in the juvenile and of course the american pharaoh to corniche you know kind of had that to his name the corniche factor so do you is there any like you know does pop a cap to you like a horse that okay needed that last one can get better here i was strongly against him last time because i knew he would be the favorite and this time around it's a little like I still don't like him that well, but okay, we're changing up a few factors. Like we're going a little bit longer. Um, I, but the biggest thing is you're going to get the price you want on him. Like he's going to be like six, eight to one in here. That's probably what he should be. I, I don't like him, but if you get that price on him, I'm not going to talk you off of him. He does have the race over the fairground surface. That's a positive, you know, again, you said he got a real trip. Well, he draws the one, so he might get that same kind of trip. He gets a Gaffleone aboard today. I don't think that's too bad of a thing. So there are some things to like about him. The, the, just the biggest problem is I, I don't think the two races he came out of, being the American Pharaoh, the Bruce Cup Juvenile, are any good. And I just I don't think he's quite as good as these other horses. But you're going to get the price at least. Uh, so I, I'm not going to – like if you would have said, hey, what do you think about Papa Kaplan Lecompte? I would have said don't do it. If you get eight to one on him, he becomes playable. Um, but you're, I think you're banking on a couple of these not showing up for him to win. Well, that's the thing about it's uh, it's tricky about this one. Of course, you do have Smile Happy and you do have uh, Slow Down Andy, but you you have a lot of horses that we've already seen match up, right? You know, so you yeah. kind of have like, well, that horse could could improve, but we kind of already saw what he could do and uh, against some of these, so he's really going to have to improve. So. I know so I, I've seen a few people ask about the uh, Pioneer Medina. This is, of course, kind of the the Pletcher horse that, uh, you know, that's interesting because it's Pletcher. You got Luis Saez jumping aboard here. The horse is probably going to be a solid price, you know, back to back wins at Tampa and, of course, here at Fairgrounds. Well bred. Uh, I read a, a, an article on DRF, I think, uh, that Pletcher, you know, talking about how he's trained well and he's always thought he's you know bred to go this long and blah blah blah. so any thoughts on this horse improving at the right time in this one i think he's dangerous i like him a little bit better than papa cap actually because of what you just said i think he can kind of move up the ladder kind of you know progress so to speak where papa cap i think we just we know what he is he'll make a run and if he's good enough, he'll win. And if he's not, he'll just be the guy that hits the board. He's very consistent. But I don't think he has that extra gear. Pioneer Medina is going to have to improve. But 
it's possible that he does. And that's, that's the deal. Uh, he got the race over the track last time out. He was pretty impressive. Um, some horses kind of came up to him top of the stretch, mid stretch, so to speak. And he kind of just, you know, he, he shrugged them off. It was an allowance day, uh, our allowance race on Lecompte day. So there were some nice horses in there. I don't hate it. If you're price shopping in here, I don't hate that pick. Uh, I, I don't quite think he is good enough to win, but he's another one. If, if you're going to play a price and you're hell bent on playing a price in this race, he makes an awful lot of sense and you should get it. You should get that price you want. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everybody for commenting with some of your thoughts. And of course, everyone's got an opinion. I feel like of this race, which is great because it is that kind of race. Uh, if you're new to uh, racing dudes or in our YouTube channel, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe. So you can uh, get alerted to all our videos uh, when they come out. And of course, like those as much as you can, and uh, you know, it'll make sure to pop up there whenever uh, we do these live streams as well. So, give us your thoughts, uh, Halterman, on uh, Zandon. Um, this is the other kind of new shooter, so to speak. Obviously, not the level of Smile Happy, but last time we saw this horse, it was a hell of an effort uh, against Mo Donegal in the Rimson uh, in December. Obviously, Mo Donegal came back. Okay, but it's kind of we've kind of we've uh, cooled off a little bit on Mo Donegal, I'd say. Zandon making his three-year-old debut. Thoughts? I'm afraid he's going to get a little too far behind in this race. Um, believe it or not, when you go a mile and eighth at the fairgrounds, you know a lot of people think long stretch. That means closers. You when you get longer and longer at the fairgrounds, the closers actually have a tougher time. Uh, and you might say you look at it, it's like, well, he was third at going a mile and eighth in the Risen Star. They act absolutely crawled in that race that pace is going to be a lot hotter in this race today i, I I'm, I'm afraid i think he gets far behind i think he comes with the run and i think we all are kind of sitting here going yeah he could you know like maybe next time you know good good to get that race under his belt type of thing i don't think he'll actually win um he's kind of a a wait and see for me i just feel like with with those rims and runners that's how we have to take it you know, Mo Dungal in the Holy Bull, we kind of talked about that's that race just is not, he's not going to win it. It just doesn't set up well going a mile 16th at Gulfstream for that horse. It's not going to work, but he didn't disappoint, you know, he didn't like uh, uh, embarrass himself, I should say. So the ribs has kind of been a race you, you've stayed away from, but you know, Mo Dungal did run too bad. I think Zandon will kind of do the same. I think he'll make a run, maybe look a little scary at some point. I don't think he'll get all the way up for the win though. Give me a horse or give the people a horse uh, that maybe, you know, obviously you and I both are uh, are picking uh, Smile Happy here. No shock there. Um, but give me a horse that likely is not winning here that you still like, you know, moving forward. Is it Zandon, you know, like, or is it uh, Pioneer Medina or Epicenter? You know, like what horse are you still like gets beat here, but you're still pretty much. Kind of feel the same way. Yeah, basically doesn't have to win to kind of prove to us that hey, he could still go down the trail. I think I think the two best answers are Epicenter and Zandon, right? Because you know we know with Chad Brown, he he'll have this horse ready second off the layoff. You know more so than first, right? I mean we've seen that over and over and over. He's not going to have this ready to pop. Uh, this horse ready to pop right out of the out of the gates uh, in 2022. We've seen him with it with his you know his Derby contenders kind of builds them up. You know, we saw it with highly motivated. Uh, we saw it with good magic. He kind of builds, he says, okay, here's the Derby. We'll build backwards from that. Their biggest race will be at the Derby. That's when we want him to pop. So I don't think he needs to win it. And with epicenter, 
just because we've seen Asmussen do this, Midnight Bourbon and uh, Gunrunner, don't forget, as a three-year-old, he was good, not great. Um, he really progressed as a four-year-old. Epicenter, I, I think, you know, he can still make the Derby be a factor, even if he, he loses here. Uh, I think the ones that really need to win, to flip it on the other way, or at least run very well, it's definitely slow down Andy, because we still have the this horse could be a, few, a fluke question mark, right? And I'm not saying he is, but it's a legitimate mm -hmm. question mark. So if he runs shitty here, you're not going to like him very well coming out of this. To, to me, to me, he is of the whole field is especially of like the, you know, contenders. He's the one that this race matters the most to because, you know, like you say, like, was that a fluke? What was that? You know, how is he going to go uh, kind of, you know, stretching out longer how is, uh, you know, obviously he he went super fast. They went fast. Uh, this horse likes to go fast. Can this horse kind of, you know, Messier obviously jumped up the number massively on his next start, you know. So was it fluky that Messier didn't run very well, you know. So I don't know. There's a lot of questions to me. Slot on Andy could prove to be like kind of serious or could also prove to be um, kind of phony uh, in this race. So a lot, uh, a lot of a lot matters here. Uh, Dave. David said, asked about Epicenter hitting the board, uh, about points. He's at 14 now. Um, so really, if he gets third, even he'll, he'll have 24, um, which should be enough, I would think yeah. this year is anything top two, obviously, definitely gets him in. Um, because he'd sit there at 34 seconds. So yeah, I mean, any kind of top three, I would think, especially considering this, you know, it's not, we still have another prep series left. So, yeah. Um, he certainly could get more points in that one. So I think Epicenter is well, well on his way to, to making sure he locks up the, uh, the points. Uh, here's a horse. Um, that's interesting that I, I don't know. I didn't necessarily wasn't seriously considering picking, but he's certainly one that I'm going to be watching closely in this race. And that's, uh, Brad Cox, uh, Tawny Port interesting the horse hasn't lost big time purchase price um pioneer nile horse been running at turfway on the synthetics jumps over to here gets flow aboard i don't know i mean i'm not like i say i'm not like seriously concerned but i just think it's like if anybody can do it, it's brad cox right it would be a massive shock to me but the one thing i will say is he showed a lot of confidence right after that turfway win he moved into fairgrounds immediately after that because his work started changing to the fairgrounds immediately after that turfway mm -hmm. win on January 7th. So he yep. shows confidence. That's a good thing. He would still just be a shock to me. He's going to have to improve 15 speed points, right? Move yeah. it to a surface for the first time. Um, well, I don't think that's likely. Uh, he comes from behind and we do, like we said, there should be pace, but we also kind of said it's, it's tough to close at a mile and eighth at the fairgrounds. So he would shock me. Um, you know, he was two to one, both both races at Turfway. So, I mean, people liked him and he got bad, but I don't think he's going to win here. I, I kind of thought he would run in like the Jeff Ruby stakes, right? Like I thought that would be the where they would kind of circle for him. So him showing up here is very interesting. Yeah, he's got two in the race. Uh, Bodoc is in this race as well for Brad Cox. Yeah, Brad doesn't really have a, a derby uh, contender at this point. You know, he did have that, that uh, horse as... Uh, what was it, Zozos that debuted, mm -hmm. uh, or I guess didn't debut, but um, won an allowance race. I think it was Friday at, at Oakland, and it sounds like he's going to run him in a in a, 
of prep, but he's going to give him some time. He's going to give him one shot, you know, whether it be the Louisiana Derby, Arkansas Derby, Bluegrass, something like that. But he really doesn't have, I mean, essentially, definitely doesn't have essential quality type horse this year. So you're kind of waiting to find out which horse that is. All right, the final question, um, Halterman, you and I are both on Smile Happy. I'll set the over-under uh, of, of horses getting to the Kentucky Derby out of this race. I'm going to go two and a half. I'll go over. I really think we're going to get three out of it. So I'm going to go over because there's there's epicenter. There's Papa Cap. You know, he's another one. He just needs to hit the board once in one of these last races. He's definitely in. So yeah, Papa Cap over. also has 14 points, you know? Yeah, so. I'll go over. I think I think you go over in the spot. I, I think, you know, two established horses, uh, Smile Happy, who everybody is super high on for good reason. Slow down, Andy. Zandon, I mean, you got trainers you could trust outside of Smile Happy. So, I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think it goes over. Yeah, I think it's over too. Uh, I, I didn't want to give you three and a half, um, but that's close. I, I do think because the winner, obviously, say Smile Happy, he's in. If Epson for a second, he's in. And so, really, you just need one of those. Uh, and if it's if it's Poppy Cap third, I mean, there you go. So. I do. I, and then you, get, you still have the question marks of Zandon, who's obviously a reliable trainer and slow down Andy. Um, so yeah, slow down Andy's got, what does he have? He's got, he's got 10. 10. So yeah, I mean, really he just needs to hit the board probably too. And he would have a, uh, be in as well or close to it. So yeah, I, I would put the over on that. Um, okay. Okay. I have a, a, part b to that smile happy we're both picking you have them um, do you have number one or do you have messier number one i have messier one smile happy two okay so i mean what do you i mean where are you at with smile happy like you think he's gonna win but how much like like i don't think he's gonna win the derby like do you have any doubts are you more leaning on the fact that how good that race came back more so than his actual talent. I mean, where do you like, at what point are you off the smile happy wagon? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think the horse has tremendous ability. Okay. I, I think as a two-year-old, he showed more talent than anybody. He was ranked number one until Messier did what he did for me. Um, and then if you assume Messier isn't going to show up, then all, all of a sudden he is number one. I, I think it's more of just, okay, does he progress? Because he's going to have to progress from two to three. You always do, right? So what I'm looking for here, did, does he progress? And can they just kind of hold him together and keep that form as high as it is? Um, I, I'm not confident until I see him. You know, I, I'm not going to be surprised if he loses this. We've We've kind of – We've seen we've been down this road before. I think Michael Meyer said it earlier. Other than Swiss Skydiver, McPeak really hasn't been in this position with a favorite in these kind of races. You usually want McPeak when he's a price. He sneaks in there and steals one, kind of like he did in the Kentucky Jockey Club. Let's remember this horse was 12 to 1 morning line, got bet down to 9 to 2. But that's the kind of runners he usually wins greatest stakes right. with races with. Now we're going to be the morning line and out. We're probably going to be eight to five and we're probably going to bet down to four to five, six, to five, something like that. It's dicey, but you know, he did do it with Swiss skydiver. He held, held her form for a whole year. So if the horse is good enough, I think he can get the job done. So I I'm, 
cautiously optimistic, I guess would be my final answer on that. Yeah, he's never even been uh, below, gosh, he was, I think he was a little over three to one in his debut, Smile Happy. So, yeah, yeah I mean, this is a this is a huge, you know, difference in terms of kind of the target on your back, um, Smile Happy. And, yeah, I, to me, I, I want to see him, like, you know, if he wins here, fine, but then, you know, throw in a dud in the next race. And then I'm more interested in him in the Derby. Like a 10 to one. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, I can get on board with him at 10 to one to win the Derby. Yeah. But him going into the Derby as a favorite just makes me want to puke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely, definitely. And this comment is like, does me peaks with smile happy to the turf if he loses? I mean, even if he wins, he might show run him on the turf. You know, it's like, that's the thing. It's just random. He's, you just never know, you know. He'll he'll he'll, he'll run smile happy on the turf and continue continue to run tis the bomb on on the dirt. That's what and he'll do. So we haven't even mentioned Corey Lannery. You know, there's nothing wrong with him, but he's not the guy you want in a race like this. You know, he's an okay jock, but not when he's up against this kind of company. And the horse has to come from out of it. So it that's a lot of nervousness, but. If you, I mean, if you just look at the well, talent, he just seems to have more than everybody else in this race. So that that's, I guess that's kind of where I was getting with the whole thing is like, even if he wins here and he wins the, let's say runs in the Louisiana Derby and wins the Louisiana Derby goes into the Kentucky Derby as a favorite and nine times out of 10, if that happens, you are like, that's a horse you're very confident in uh, winning the Kentucky Derby. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but. I I think I know you well enough to like, I don't think we could pick the horse to win the Kentucky Derby at that. I mean, it just, even with his wins, you still lack confidence in the horse and not, it's unfair to the horse, but it's, it's, uh, it's the trainer. And and that's just what history has showed us. And I want to be clear. I have absolutely nothing against the guy personally. It's just the patterns I've seen for years of doing this. It makes you a little worried, you know. I think I don't think Kenny McPeak's a bad guy. I don't even necessarily think he's a bad trainer. I just don't think he's quite as good as a ton of these guys that are that are here every year in these spots, you know. But listen, it, that's always going to be a pause, right? And you could describe Landry the same way. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a good guy. I don't think he's a terrible jockey. He's just not the name you really want to see to like bode confidence in races of this caliber. So yeah, it's, it's always going to be there. You're right. And, and if you're going to go in the Kentucky Derby with that horse picked, it's, it, it's going to be a worry more so than even this race, obviously. So, I mean, that's just it. Like, you know, that's, you know, if I told you big peak was going to win the Derby, you wouldn't be so you wouldn't be shocked, but you would no. assume the horse was 10 to 20 to one somewhere in that range. You would not assume the horse was the favorite of the Kentucky Derby. And I think yep. that's where we're both at. And a lot of people are at with this horse is it's not that the horse isn't good. And it's not even a, it wouldn't be a shock if the horse won. It's just, you're not, it's hard to play McPeak at a favorite well, of the Kentucky Derby. And how about this? Isn't this a weird race for this horse to show up in? Super weird. That's another thing. I think that's like, it's, it's not, I wouldn't even call it a red flag. It's just like a, He's been based in Florida. He's been running in Florida. There's tons of preps at two different tracks in Florida. And he shows up to the fairgrounds where horses, usually they ship to the fairgrounds. Like the fairgrounds locals are usually decent, decent. But then the other ones that ship in are just like either their horse like hates a track that they're locally at, or they're just kind of desperate to get points. I don't I don't know. It's weird, right? I, just, I don't. I don't know why Super he's weird. here. 
It's strange. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out on Saturday. But uh, for now, Smile Happy is the pick for this race from you and I. And, of course, is the pick, uh, if you don't count Messier, for you uh, in the Kentucky Derby. So stay tuned. Obviously, we'll be live for this race uh, for on Saturday. We'll be doing the Risen Star live uh, live stream. So make sure you, you that's another reason to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. And uh, we'll be, be alerted when we go live for that. We'll be watching this race uh, uh, together uh see a smile happy you can get it done that's the pick uh for the 2022 risen star <laughs> all right time for up fire presented by the inside track to the 2022 risen star get the all-inclusive 11 page wager guide to the 2022 risen star this saturday february february 19th at the fairgrounds race course features in-depth analysis of all six stakes on the card including the 400k risen star that we just talked about Figure out exactly how we're going to play that race, what horses we want to use in the multi-races, how we're going to play the exacta, the try, you name it. What to bet exactly. Get that Racing Dudes at RacingDudes.com. It also will include race-by-race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire Fairgrounds card. We The, the multi-race plays have been killing it on these guides lately. You know, all it takes is one of these caches to come in on these multi-race, and it pays for the, not just pays for the guide, it pays for your day. Um, you know, I know a couple weeks or a couple guides ago, you hit one for what was it like 1100 yep. uh, on the early pick four, pick five. So definitely worth playing for that, you know, $29.99, uh, or you get these for free at racingdudes.com if you are a su- su- subscriber. So go to racingdudes.com to learn more. All right. We have three stakes on the undercard, three graded stakes on the undercard. We're going to talk about all three of those right now, including an Oaks prep race. But let's kick things off. With race 10, Halterman, this race is maybe one of the trickier ones uh, of, of the undercard. The Mineshaft Stakes, grade three, we're 250K for four-year-olds and up, going 1 1 16th miles. Uh, field of 11. And, dude, it's uh, it, it's it's not like quite like some of those races where you have, like, the the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, but it's like the 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 level above that like i I just you just don't quite have really great horses in here but maybe there's a few that could kind of continue to make the improve olympiad miles d you know midcourt shows up oh bezos is back altsman give us uh give us a rundown what what do you like in this one i really think it's a two horse race i think a lot of the horses like you said are the ones that have just been very disappointing but i think olympiad and miles d are two horses that are kind of they could have a big year this year they're both uh newly turned four-year-olds you look at miles d you know show me the race where he's been bad like he got second in the in the in the curlin after breaking his main at belmont he got third in the travers and and you know that's a pretty good race he won an allowance and then he beat speaker's corner who came back to run really really well at, at Gulfstream. so mm-hmm. i think miles d will be uh tough here I like Olympiad a little bit more, though. Uh, you look at this horse. I mean, you know, broke the maiden and beat a Cattle River in greatest honor way back as a two-year-old. Long layoff, showed up, and got second in allowance at Saratoga and just got smoked by Baby Yoda, who just freaked that day. That horse is not very good, but he ran huge that day. Came back and won at Keeneland. Got fourth in the Cigar Mile behind three really good horses. The two Pletchers, American Revolution and Falling Sea, I think are going to have big years this year. Plainsman got third in that race and finished just ahead of Olympiad. Plainsman came back and won, you know, a stakes uh, last time out at Oakland Park. And then and then won by seven in an allowance last time out at Gulfstream. I think these two horses are pretty good. Um, I picked Olympiad on top 
I just think the pace advantage is going to be too much for Miles Z to overcome here. I think Olympiad gets the jump, and I think he's hard to run down. But I think it just comes down to the four and the five. Does Olympiad uh, hold on, or does Miles D come and grab him late? Yeah, dude, I think uh, you nailed it. I think those are the two horses. Those are the ones I went back and forth with, and really for the exact same reasons. Uh, you know, you go back and watch the discovery with Miles D running down that speaker's corner, and man, you know, speaker's corner gave him everything he wanted, and Miles D just kept coming and coming and coming and, and, and finally pulled away there at the end. Mile to eighth, I think that's critical here. Uh, mile to eighth race uh, that day. And then versus the mile 16th that he's going to run today. Is he going to have enough time to run down Olympia? That's where I kept going back. That was my issue. If this race was a mile and an eighth, I think I would have a better uh, confidence level in miles D. I, I flip-flopped back and forth between these two. I think you got to use both of these in the multis. Ultimately, I ended up going slight edge to miles D just because I feel like he is just like like you said he's just done nothing wrong you go back you know he won the last two well he didn't win the last three because he ran in the grade one traverse where he finished third between midnight bourbon and essential quality heard of him yeah not bad so i mean it's not like i mean he's he's a solid horse he's a curlin he's turning four or he's four now he was three last year so he should continue to get a little bit better I think this is a nice stepping stone for him as of his first race four-year-old Chad Brown um, pointing them here. I think this horse could have a good year as well. So I like Miles D. If he wins, I'm going to be semi-mad because I had him on top for a while. Going to race 11. The fairground stakes grade three with a 150K for four-year-olds and up going one. About one and one-eighth miles on the turf field of 11 Alterman. And dude... I think all these races we're going to talk about here, including the Risen Star, like they're they're wide open events. I, I, you you've got a bunch of options, and every one of them is going to make this sequence, this pick four sequence, especially extremely difficult. But if you get through it, you might be rewarded here. You know, you look at the Chad Brown horse. The first time started for Chad Brown, the six at uh, Adamo. Sure. Um, what do you think of this one? And is that like is that the horse to beat? I played him by complete default I, I, because I really didn't like the race that had uh, Halo again and 40 under and two Emmys, uh, you know, Monarchs Glen. I hated that race. I had Halo again. He should have finished the deal. I don't think if he couldn't have won that one, I don't think he's going to win this one. So I kind of faded those horses um, and that kind of led you to a horse like Largent. And it's like, yeah, he, he didn't look very good. I think I think I got him on a ticket, but I, I just like, yeah, he didn't look very good. So yeah, I think this uh, Chad Brown horse, the six, Adamo. Okay, we'll call him that. I, I was the same way. I was like, I don't know if it's Adhamo or Adamo, uh, but anyway, <laughs> makes the debut here. He, the form doesn't really jump off the screen with him, right? Mm. But he's been running at the big tracks in France, so you know he's faced good company. Jose Ortiz aboard. I think that's a good sign. Um, you know, usually first time with Chad coming from overseas, they run huge. I kind of was just like, if this horse is any good at all, I think he wins here. And I think the only one that can really beat him if he's any good is Largen. And it's questionable that Largen still has that kick. So, yeah, I ended up on the Chad Brown runner here. Yeah, dude. You know, like, it's tough because you look at his past performances and you know it's 
yeah, he was running, you know, in the kind of the big, <clears throat> you know, France, you know, the, the big kind of group races, but you just getting beat, not, you know, wasn't close. And, but we do know, like you said, how good Chad does with these horses. Uh, first off, it's like, a, I think he's like a 40%. Um, first night, you know, gets Lasix as well. First Lasix, he's at almost 30%. You know, gets you know Jose Ortiz to ride. Like, there's a lot to like in that regard. So, like, the horse certainly should be a contender. Um, and he and he and he runs in a great, you know, in this in a great great stakes race right off the bat. You know, like he at least put him, you know, bringing him to fairgrounds to with the shot, right? Like he's not, you know, he's been training them obviously down um, Goldstream. So it's like he's bringing him up. So he's got to be. He's, he thinks he's at least get you know bring him over. I should say. Uh, thinks he's got a shot so yeah i, I think you got to use um you know I, I do think you know mark said you got to spread i agree i think you go i mean 40 under is interesting for maker at a price uh that sat satin i don't know yeah. satin i like that um brendan walsh horse that nearly won that uh grade one hollywood derby last out i think that horse is super interesting uh i you know i might i, I you know this time uh, in a few days, or after this race is over, I might be really pissed that I picked Largent, but I, but I am gonna pick Largent because well, you know there's enough there's enough reason to say okay, he was off a year layoff, he just wasn't fitness or fit. Uh, Pletcher said like he didn't have him to the fitness level that he wanted to. See if that's bullshit or not. Size is back to ride again, like. And if he runs back to anything close to what he was running prior to, you know, him taking his, his year, his year uh, break, he'll, he'll win. Um, it's just a matter of what he, if he has that left, uh, that, that kind of kick, like you said, he's been working a lot. You know, that's the big thing for me is you look at how he was working, going into the, that turf race at Goldstream Park um, last out. And he was running, I know you're not a big uh, workout guy, and I'm really not either, but when you just look at the times, you know, this horse was working like four furlongs and, you know, say 50, about 50 seconds. Um, and then he, go, you know, goes right into now his last work and puts up a bullet in 48 and four. So, I mean, the horse is, is, he, is definitely working better than he was going into the last race. How that corresponds to, to Saturday, we'll see. But I definitely think we're going to get an improved effort. And you know what? You might get at least a better playable price than what... I mean, this is a horse that we thought for a second might go to the Pegasus World Cup turf. You know, if he would have won, if he would have dominated uh, on his return. So I think the talent's there. It's just, you know, can he come back? So I'm going to I'm gonna take a shot with Largent. He wins or he's fifth. Exactly. Yeah. Unless the brown horse is just really, really good, and they run one, two, you know. Yeah, he, run away with it, yeah. Here's the deal. Those other horses aren't very good. All right, let's go to race 12, the Rachel Alexander Stakes. Of course, this is a Kentucky Oaks prep race, 50, 20, 10, 5 for your top four finishers. So, yet again, you win here, you're in the Oaks. Second, you're definitely in the Oaks probably as well. Purse is uh, 300K for Phillies. Three-year-olds go to one with 16th miles, field of 11 Lines up here. It's race 12 with the race right before the Risen Star. And, you know, yet again, we're sitting here with a field, Halterman, that you've got some serious players. 
and you, you don't necessarily have a, a smile happy in here, like, like kind of a standout, but you have a couple standouts. It makes this race extremely difficult. I I thought for a second, like I might go, you know, I, to me, it's one of those, you could even make a case like you're either singling or you're going like, you know, six deep here because, <laughs> because uh, to me, it, it, it you go, could go either way. I think if you're singling here, you're just drawing one out of the hat and going with it. Like, I, I don't know how you, this race to me was one of the hardest races I've handicapped all year. I just, I had a ton of different horses on top. Um, I ended up on one that I usually don't take horses like this, but I, I went with Divine Huntress on top, the five horse. You know, this horse looks like it's been, uh, you know, it not looks like it has been uh, privately purchased and sent to Grand Motion. Ran last time out of parks, one by 12, and just looked like a freak down the stretch. I mean, like visibly the jockey holding the horse back and she's trying to run faster. Um, you know, just ran away from him like like a good horse would at parks. This race is obviously going to be much, much tougher. But look, Jose Ortiz jumps aboard here. When him and Grand Motion hook up, it's a high percentage. In the last year, 30% win rate, win rate with these two guys. Um, another race where I think the pace is going to just be wicked hot. I think Divine Huntress gets a great trip in here. I, she's not like have to come from last type. I think she sits mid-pack and, and pounces. I, I really like this horse. I think it is a bit dicey. Um, I want to get a price on her, and I think that was the other thing. I think LaCrete will take money. Awake at Midnight is going to take money. Hidden Connection will take money. I kind of view Divine Huntress as one that's going to get ignored a little bit. And I think could pull off what I hope is an upset. It, it, if, if this horse is two to one, I'm not going to be happy. I picked this horse with the idea that she could be five, six, eight, ten to one. You know, I, I do think with the logic of, I agree. Like you, you got to take a st- if you're going to play the logic behind singling in this race is you, you basically are playing. You have to play against Smile Happy, right? In in the last race, so you're going the, with the idea of you single. Say you single Divine Hunters, which is you got, I mean, you got some Sean McVay size balls, or you are, you're, and then you're hoping you're, you're playing into the Risen Star where you're playing four, five, six horses, hoping Smile Happy gets speed, and that's when it blows up because most people spend a lot of bullets in this race, yeah. singled Smile Happy. So that's the kind of the logic behind that. But yeah, I mean, I think Divine Hunters, I meant, I'm surprised a little bit. That's a, that's a, that's my kind of pick uh right there i i do think that horse is super interesting it's, that race was was very eye-catching i thought um the last one uh where the horses kind of ran off the screen it was not really trying or it was trying but it was kind of being tempered a little bit um interesting for sure uh you know i'm still <laughs> i had picked Echo Zulu, um, you know, in the uh, in in the Breeze Cup Juvenile, and I and I switched like we were because you know how we were doing all those updates on the guide, like because there's like a thousand scratches, and I ended up switching my pick to Hidden Connection that day or the day before or something, and I still lose sleep over that decision. Um, and so I'm like, I'm wondering, like, am I going to get redemption with her here? Am I going to be burned? I, I don't know. I'm a little sour on her still, so. This is a hard race for her to come back. We haven't seen her since that one. 
I actually went with Awake at Midnight. To me, this horse, I I did a, uh, if you remember, I did a preview for this one for the Santa Inez uh, on our YouTube channel with Magic. And I did the, it was when she ran against Under the Stars. And I said, just box these horses up or play Under the Stars, Awake at Midnight straight. I think that's what I actually said is play those, you know, on, and it came through that way. Um, and this horse, Awake at Midnight, is just is this is the other horse I was talking about for Doug O'Neill, Redham Racing, same connections as uh, Slot on Andy. This horse, it just you know that he runs six furlongs on debut wins. They go straight to the tur- Grade Three turf race, almost wins that. Then he goes back. That was in a mile. Goes back to seven furlongs on the dirt, and just runs into you know a Bob Baffert monster. No shocker there. Um, but runs really well. This horse, to me, I think has a very good chance of being on the lead in this one. I, I, I think you look at the fractions that this horse runs out there at Santa Anita. I mean, 22 and 45. I mean, that's like maybe the horse isn't right on the lead, but she's close. Uh, 22 and 45. Last time is 22 and 44. I mean, I just think that her cruising speed might be a little faster. So, I, to me, I, I envision her going out the lead, if not being very, very close. And to me, she might just have a, be a little more of the horse now. I am interested in what price you're going to get um, on her. I, but Awake at Midnight, to me, is the horse. I don't know. What did you think of this of Awake at Midnight? I liked her. Uh, I've got her. I've got her on tickets. I. I you think she can pay- stretch out? Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm worried that that number might be a little inflated uh, in the Santa Inez there. Um, it was a good race, but I'm not a huge Under the Stars fan. Um, and so that's kind of was my pause, and I put the horse on top. The other problem, the problem with this race is the pace depends on Hidden Connection, who after that race last time out, it's like, I don't know. What is she really? We'll see. Turner Loose, who has shown great speed on the turf, will she show it on the dirt? And then I think you can count on your horse, Awake at Midnight and LaCrete, because they've done it on the dirt before in a big race. So if the 7, 1, 11, and 9 are all out there, I don't think it bodes well for your horse. But if, if it's just like the 1 and the 9 and the 7, 11 didn't really get out there, then I think your horse has a big time shot. So I think that's what's going to come down to. I think this is a pace makes the race type thing. I, I do like your horse a, a lot, uh, though. I think she does have talent. Um, and like I said, I think she will stretch out okay. I, I don't see why she wouldn't. A Nyquist out of a Union Rags mare, I, I think two turns will be fine. I had her on top for a while. I had Dreamlift on top for a while. I mean, I've, I've played with a ton of these horses. Um, but, yeah, I, I like I like your horse here. Yeah, Mark likes Dreamlift as well. Um, I like Goldenrod. Yeah, I definitely think uh, I definitely think this is a pace race for sure. I, I do envision like if 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 she's just naturally fast enough, she'll just get to the lead. If if they do, if they're flying, I, I she has set off every race. You know, Awake at Midnight that is. Yep. Um, so I don't necessarily feel like that's going to be an issue. So I kind of like the versatility in her. Um, at least I, I believe she has. And the, the stretch out, I'm with you. I think she'll stretch out. And if, she's gonna, if she can carry that speed, I think she's just a little faster than a lot of these. So, you know, I think that makes her very dangerous. We've seen West Coast horses come out of the West Coast and run at a place like Fairgrounds. And, and you look at a race, and it's like, yeah, there's four or five that could get the lead. And the West Coast horse, a lot of times, will outrun them, you know? Mm-hmm. 
you think of Hot Rod Charlie last year when he shipped here. Remember, there was a lot of horses they thought, well, this could be hot pace. Maybe he sits off of it, and then he'd go skate to wire because he's he just naturally a little faster. So that could be the situation here. Again, I, I think... I think you're going to know the horse's chances at the half mile pole. Give me uh, real quickly. I know it's rapid fire, but give give everyone you know because this has the this has the setup possibly for pace meltdown. You kind of you kind of alluded to that. Give us a crazy horse that you might use that uh, if this thing melts. I mean. Yeah, that'd be crazy. But what's the price you think that Mike could win the race if the thing melts down that you might be using? North County, maybe. I think okay. the horse could come from out of it. Uh, kind of got one of those trainers that, that can win a race like this at a price. You know, Adam Besetska is kind of a guy that will, will pull off an upset here and there at this track. Has undefeated three for three in her career. And again, I think the pace is going to have to come back. But I think North County can win if the pace does uh, kind of come back to her. Of course, by not this time, there's a great sire right now, this year as well. But a very good one. Um, I like that uh, like that one as well. Dreamlift would be one, I think. I don't know how big of a price Dreamlift will be. Um, Candy Raid is interesting for Disormo, but I don't think that works good enough. Uh, what about the... The uh, Pletcher, Goddess of Fire. That horse likes to come from way out of it as well. If this thing melts down, maybe that horse comes running late. I just don't like that horse very well. I had to pick another one because you stole mine, North County. But yeah, I, just... I, I do think North County is the most likely. The horse hasn't lost with the pace meltdown. I love that horse coming late. Yeah, I. I it just hasn't shown enough. You know, I, it's the. Both of these Pletcher horses in the big races could really make you angry. It's like Pletcher and Saez win and knock you off tickets. It's like, how did I let this happen? Oh, I know. But they just don't. And I, I would play Pletcher, you know, shipping if they look anywhere close to good enough. These two just don't to me. So, um, All right. This is an Oaks race. So I'll ask you the same question I do um, for the Derby preps. What kind of, uh, what kind of, what kind of race is this? Rachel's usually a pretty good race. What kind of race is this for the Oaks? Really, really tough crop right now. But I think the winner here is definitely a player because this is a really strong field, I think. I don't think there's any like, wow, these horses are amazing, but they're all pretty decent in here. You know, we've talked about this is a rapid fire. Like you said, we've talked about over half the field. So I think there'll be two or three in the Oaks out of this. I mean, you look at this race, it's... Clarier, Finite, Serengeti Empress, Monomoy Girl, you know, it's a it's a it's a solid I'm a chatterbox, untappable. You know, this is a little bit different than the uh than the counterpart of Risen Star. I mean, you have legit Phillies that run in this thing. Um so a legit Philly very likely could come out of this one as well. You and I uh you and I are a little bit different here. I'm on the uh the nine awake at midnight, and you went with the price, number five, Divine Huntress. That's one. It's just like, ugh. I don't know if I want to pick that horse coming out of parks, but just feel like something weird is going to happen in this one. That's one that I went into kind of thinking, oh, I might, you know, uh, you know, I might single LaCrete or I might yeah, do this or I might, uh, oh, I love Hidden Connection coming back. And then it's like, oh, maybe can I play all? Like, it's just, it's that wide open, I think. Yeah. Yeah. LaCrete was like, if you believe there's a lot left with her and she's just kind of been messing around that's the pick but 
gosh, she, she just no matter what figure you look at, and I don't, I, speed figures are not the end all be all, not by a long shot. But when every speed figure you look at, it's like, damn, she's 12 behind the rest of them. I know. Then she, you start to get a little worried. The, the 67 and 74 buyers for her in the last two. Yeah. Just, I mean, for comparison, Hidden Connection was awful in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and had a 72. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and honestly, you know, that's what's a, it's a, that's what makes this race tough because then you look at time form and Hidden Connection, like, I, I believe it was Hidden Connection. Like, Hidden Connection ran very similar. Yeah. But ran very similar time form races all three of her races. 97, yep. 99, 97. And she was awful in her last one. So, the numbers are kind of... I don't know. They're kind of confusing in this one. I, I know yeah. I get they're young and, and we still don't know a lot about them. So um, we'll get to uh, Waylon. We'll get to your question here in a second in, uh, in the closing here. <laughs> so the time we have checks out racing.com for our free picks. And of course our premium selections on our products page Click the get racing dudes, premium button at racing.com to learn more. Remember to go check out the inside track to the 2022 risen star wager guide now available at racingdudes.com. We just talked about a few of those races that'll be on, the undercard and of course the risen star figure out exactly how we're going to play each and every one of these races exactly how we're playing them in the guide go get that right now at racingdudes.com remember we are your destination site for free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks we're on twitter at racing underscore dudes instagram and facebook you can listen to us all uh whether it be blinkers off or magic mike on uh, our podcast page at racingdudes.com of course you can find us on youtube as well just type in racing dudes and subscribe to our channel apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast amazon music stitcher captivate i got a kick out of listening to you try to you're like on a lot because of course i couldn't be on the show last week because i had the boys and you're like yeah just find them wherever you find them like <laughs> whatever and i was like well done yeah, yeah you're <laughs> you welcome. nailed it you're welcome <laughs> yeah uh, Aren't you glad I'm back? Um, yeah. No, it, and by the way, make sure you subscribe again because we will be going live this Saturday to do uh, live coverage, of course, the Ridden Star. We'll do a late pick four and all that good stuff. So you want to uh, tune into that and kind of interact with us as we do that. The whole team will be there for that. The Magic Mike Show will be here tomorrow. Uh, they're doing the Saturday Gulfstream Park late pick four. So, of course, you're going to want to tune in for that. So get your Gulfstream Park on. Uh, Waylon uh, wants to know, Halterman, thoughts on men's Team USA and Canada hockey. Halterman, you and you, you made me stay up last night to watch that game, and I was disappointed. You know, I have COVID. I was feeling like shit by the time that game started. Stayed up through all of it. Went into overtime. I didn't sleep last night. I was so upset. <clears throat> I'm telling you, that was a heartbreaker for the United States. They just you know, blow it with 40 seconds left overtime had a lot of chances. Couldn't score. And then was just, they were just awful in the shootout. That was so sickening because I definitely thought we were going to medal after we won the first three. So to be sent home like that is bad. Uh, Canada. I don't feel like Canada had a good tournament. I never looked that good uh, the whole tournament and they, you know, got shut out today. Uh, never really had any, I mean, they're Canada. So that's hard to say. I didn't have any hope, but they just didn't look, very good. I don't think they sent a very good team over, but yeah, United States was a was a crusher for sure. But we got the the, the women tonight, Canada, United States for the gold in women's hockey. So I'm sure I'll be, go to bed pissed again tonight. But uh, what time? What time is that tonight? Uh, that's at ten o'clock. Ten o'clock Central Time tonight. All right. Well, I'm gonna stay up again for you. Oh, um, I, no, I'm not only really kidding. I'd be up anyways, but I'm gonna watch it. 
for you? Well, this game tonight is a complete toss-up. This is one of the best rivalries in hockey, believe it or not. And, and there too, the, these two teams are so much better than everybody else. And the difference tonight is I kind of expect us to lose because Canada and the women's side, they've had a phenomenal tournament and they beat us already. And uh, we've had a good tournament, but we have not been to Canada's level. So uh, tonight I would consider America winning a, an upset where last night I expected to win. That's the big difference. So the expectation level will, will make a big difference in how upset I'm going to be tonight one way or the other. <laughs> uh, Jared wants to know, uh, hey, Aaron, anyone see that nine-round Rangers shootout last yes. night? Yes, yes, absolutely, Jared. I, I uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you've been on, uh, you know, but it, when we've talked about this, but ESPN uh, Plus having all the hockey games is fantastic because I never had, uh, I never subscribed to that whole package for the NHL, but when they moved over to ESPN Plus, well, I have an ESPN, ESPN Plus account. So I've gotten to watch a lot of teams that I haven't ever got to watch. And the Rangers have been one of them. They're a good team. They're a fun team to watch. I really like the Rangers. I don't know if they're good enough to win the cup. Um, I think they'll be obviously a, a contender, though. I, I like the Rangers a lot. And that was a great – that nine-round nine shootout was just fantastic. Even for a guy who really didn't care one way or other who won. was just watching good hockey. I got to tell you, this is not – I don't – I mean – I don't, you don't feel well, so I'm gonna try to lift up your, you know, spirits a little bit. This guy, guys, I'm telling you, like, you listen, like, you listen to a ton of shows out there, and and they might just do the, you know, like, like I'm super busy. I do, I, 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 I preview the, the 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 races we're talking about. I know everything about, but I'm that's that's one of them I'm looking at, and I might do, I might look at, I look at the games. Of course, it's Chiefs. Obviously, I know everything about it, but at every game, I'm like, I'm studying Halterman. There, it, there isn't a game that exists that he's like, oh yeah, didn't see, I saw that. I, I think they're all right, you know, like the the you know this like so and so Sorensen that's third, like he he's looking a little rough, you know, like his dad was really good when he played there, you know. It's like he knows everything about he now that we have the sports, uh, he he kind of like he makes it. He feels like he has to do it now, so he's watching every shitty college basketball game. He know like I'm telling you guys like the point of this is if you're getting information from whether it be dudes or bet sports or if you're getting horse information like it's not just bullshit information like this guy is he knows every single player of every game and knows every horse and and seeing them you, every race they've ran at mountain if you're playing our mountaineer picks guess what it's not just bullshit picks like he's watching them every night it's it's you know, it's a perk of being a, you know, you're not single, but you're, you, you have no kids. Um, this is what you do, but uh, I applaud you. It, 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 you, you know, like it's no bullshit what you know. You're muted. It's so, uh, yeah. My, my mic muted. I don't have a life. So therefore I, I'm, that's all I do, you know, and now I'm quarantined. So it's great. It's, it's like, I don't have to fight the the for the remote or anything. So <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no. you're you're watching every single game. And last week I watched uh, the Ninja Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Uh, I watched the Jurassic all the Jurassic Park world. I watched all the YouTube bullshit. So like, yeah, we're watching different things <laughs> a lot of different times. Well, it, it honestly, you hit it with like with the sports site. It's like now that we're doing it, I feel like. I should probably 
know what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I should, <laughs> if somebody has a question like, Hey, did you see the Rangers last night? It's like, maybe if I didn't watch it, I still have an idea of, well, at least I know they won in a shootout type of thing. You know, I just happen to have that one on. Cause what I do is I kind of, when it's getting the games are close, you know, towards the end of them, I kind of scan and okay, Oh, that one's close. I'll flip it on. And so that's what happened. The Rangers, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, with the sports site, um, yeah, I, I feel like if we're going to talk college basketball, I better watch it. And I, I've liked college basketball this year. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I think the last few years it hasn't been that great, but it's pretty you good. You should be ready for March Madness then. I Yeah, I think I think I will do better in March Madness than I have the last four or five years. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jared, know. cannot wait. Uh, boys and oh, I watched, dude, we, we we watched the preview for that the other day, and then it came on the Super Bowl. Yep, uh, we watched like we are pumped. You know, you know, this might be bad parenting. My boys are five and three, but I have let them watch both Jurassic World movies. Uh, nice. I know, like, it's like, oh, is he eating his arm? Like, yeah, I mean, it happens when you try to pull a tooth out of a, of a raptor, you know, it's just gonna, what do you think is gonna happen? So I feel like I'm teaching them the hard lessons, not to not to pet, you know, dinosaurs. But listen, they love it. They, I, what do you? I mean, they're they kids love dinosaurs, and the the, the new ones are that you you know you can say what you want about the storylines, but they're realistic. It's listen, it's good. It's really good. I jumped off the couch. That was a that was my favorite commercial of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I hated all the commercials, <laughs> but that one was great. I was like, Heather, 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 look up, look up. You know, she's not paying any attention. She's like, oh my God, rewind that. So yeah, yeah it was Yeah, when you when you see the uh the uh the OG guys from the original Jurassic Park, the the you know, the the two, the guy and the girl, I was like, Oh yeah. Like bringing it all back full circle. I love it. Um Jared, I'm jealous you're out in Vegas. So uh I wish we were there. Um Jared wants to give you some props for the Brad Cox horse. Oh yeah, Zozos, yeah. That horse paid pretty well. Um, I don't remember what that. And you are the Yoda of sports. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe Baby Yoda. Yeah, Baby um, Yoda. <laughs> all right. That's a wrap, guys. Uh, yeah, Zozos. Um, again, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be here live. Uh, Magic and Samich will be, uh, be with us as well, uh, doing the live coverage. Uh, I imagine it'll be sometime around that late pick four sequence. Um, time does that late pick four sequence start race uh what is that race so race nine is like 355 425 so somewhere around four yeah probably by the way softball has started mark i don't know how utep's doing but softball started by the way mark wyoming sucked last night So was it your dad your dad's tweet? By the way, Papa Dude on Twitter is gold. Um what do you say? Like you oh you's not a football school, it's a softball school or something like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You guys gotta go follow Papa Dude. I don't know what his handle is. Mike Halterman or Halterman Mike or it's Halterman like slash Mike. I said, why did you not put Papa Dude in the handle? He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd like to know why. You thought he him setting it up would be okay. <laughs> well, I told him. I said I'll set it up for you. And the next thing I knew, he had it. So <laughs> I think he just got sick of waiting. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I wondered that too. I was like, I'm guessing. I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe Papa Dude. I wouldn't imagine Papa Dude is taken. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. All right. 
that's a wrap guys again check us out this weekend uh go subscribe if you haven't already to our youtube channel so you get alerted to that uh halterman i know uh real quickly i know you talked about on uh, uh on dudes bet sports it's a great super bowl i thought uh i i it was a fun super bowl to watch go listen to the uh, the recap show uh, due to bet sports for all on all your uh, regular podcast platforms if you want the recap of the super bowl as well as some dating advice from uh from halton's dad it's it's a solid listen yeah. um super bowl good it was uh oh and by the way the halftime show amazing the halftime show was targeted towards us i don't know why but it was and it was great yeah this halftime the- show was the best ever in my opinion anyway i love it i said i said on twitter i said that was my favorite halftime show ever. Not even close. And some lady goes, no, it wasn't. And I said, really, what was my favorite halftime <laughs> show ever? Please let me know. You know? Yeah. It's so funny. You, it's, you don't know what your favorite is. She right. knows. Yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, Super Bowl, I, you know, I feel like the Rams are getting ready to kind of run away with it. The OB, OBJ injury was huge. It really bogged them down. Uh, the Bengals got fortunate that the, they got a no call on the big touchdown pass and it changed the game. And all of a sudden, you know, the Bengals couldn't really move the ball either, but, but the Rams couldn't at all. And all of a sudden it got real tight, real fast. And then, you mm-hmm. know, the Bengals with the lead, it, it became uh, in question. So I think, again, you kind of said it, the Bengals kind of lived a charmed life this whole playoff. And then they lived a charmed life in the Super Bowl and they still didn't win. So, that's kind of the downer if I was a Bengals fan. Obviously, they made the Super Bowl. You know, that's unbelievable for them considering that their over-under was six and a half wins to start the season. So no reason to be upset. But at the same time, you kind of feel like they blew an opportunity there that I don't know that they're going to get that easy again. Yeah, that was – yeah, they definitely – I feel like everything went their way this entire playoffs. You know, it just – everything just kind of was aligned perfect. And it really did in the Super Bowl, like you said, until – the end. I thought the, the the calls were kind of bullshit. At the end, um, after they let him play the whole yep. game, but I, but I, I'm not, you know, d- yes, that holding call, the first holding call, the on the that defensive back, or I don't know, I think it was maybe a linebacker, um, that seemed awful to me. Yeah, but it was bad. But like, and, and that's a, that's a shitty part about it is that that was third down, I think. So yep, it was. That could change. That could have. I mean, that could have been the difference in the whole game now the, only, the next one or two were clear yeah uh clear holds clear you know like and i kind i know it's like it's kind of bullshit to say but it's like they got a touchdown for free you know yeah. earlier in the game and i i get like you can't like well that they did that so they did that but the game could have been totally different had that not happened so I don't. If you're a Bengals fan, I get why you'd be pissed, but at the same time, you gotta also look at it like we got away with one earlier in the game. So, and you you had time, and you had a chance, and you made a couple of dumb play calls, and oh, it's one dude. of those things. Like you said, it, it wasn't a makeup call by any means, but it was just. It, it's kind of like well, it just evened out, like the luck evened out. I guess you could say. That coach that was his name, Zach Taylor, um, for the Bengals, he had been making some dumb play calls all playoffs and got away with it. And it came up at the worst possible time. These guys, 
it was like a foregone conclusion. These guys are going to tie the game. Like, because oh, I they, so. they were, I did too. If not win it, I was like, yep. they're, they're, I mean, they're just, they were at all of a sudden they're at the 50 yard line. And now that, and they, like the run to P Ryan, I was like, it just made no sense. And then, and then that fourth down play, it's like, you have like this far to go. And to me, it's like, you got to have one look and hit it. And it, and it just, I don't know. It just seemed like the, the the play calling there at the end was got really tight, really bad. So, well, know. you know, you got Cooper Cup on the other side, and when the chips were down, they just kept going to Cooper Cup, and they said, hey, that's our best player. We're going to go to him. It's third and a yard. Joe Mixon had had a hell of a game. You give him the ball. If he doesn't make it, then that's one thing, but he runs the ball there. And honestly, you run him on fourth and one if you didn't get it on third and one, in my opinion. Yeah. And he can't tell me if you run Mixon twice there, he doesn't get it. So it's, well, it's great. And that's not a knock on P. Ryan. It's just he's not Mixon. Joe Mixon is elite. Like that's Mixon, a top five back. <laughs> Mixon wasn't in the in the game for third or fourth down. Nope. Nope. So I don't I didn't hear if he got hurt or whatever, but I don't think no, so. No, he didn't get um, hurt. He just get coaches a jackass is what I think he, I think they look at P. Ryan as like the more of like the scat bat kind of guy, and it's just like he's well, their third down back. It's bullshit. Um, Super Bowl's on the line, fellas. So you might want to put in one of the best backs in the league instead. Aaron Donald, I was glad to see you. that dude's a yeah. fucking beast. Um, yeah. just took that game. They made the biggest mistake the Bengals made all night is when he pushed Burrow out of bounds, which was legal. Mm-hmm. It's maybe maybe over a little bit overkill, but he did it. And they got in in uh, Donald's face and was like, you know, really getting bitchy at him and stuff. And he's like, okay, he took the game over after that. Like, yep. don't don't piss him off, okay? Um, I think they had seven sacks in the game. I think they only had one in the first half. I'm correct. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, Aaron Donald could have been Waylon could have been MVP for sure. I, I, the way that game ended, I thought Cup just you know they he literally won the game there at the end. So that's gonna. But Donald, if in a pure sense, I feel like he. I mean, that defensive line in particular won that game for them because they were able to shut down the Bengals when their offense, the the Rams offense couldn't do anything. So Yeah, they took the game over without any oh, doubt. They took it Aaron, over. Aaron Donald, that I mean just a beast. So I was glad to see the Rams win. Um Stafford get a ring, yep. OBJ get a ring. Say what you want about OBJ, but that dude that that trade turned into a hell like he he came through. He was good in the playoffs. He was really good in the game before he got hurt. Sounds like he tore his ACL though, so who knows? He's obviously free agent, so I don't know what's going to happen with him now. But I will say nothing about bad about him because he was a difference maker in that game, and anybody that watches that knows it, you know. And it would be ridiculous for me to say he's not that good. I mean, he was he was a difference in the game. They were they looked like a million bucks, and when he got hurt, they looked like absolute shit until the last drive. I mean, terrible. Yeah, like couldn't well, get a first down. Terrible. Dude, they don't have they have no Robert Woods, they have no Higby. Yeah. They uh they were doubling cup. The only guy that could beat man on that Jefferson's not there yet. He's good, he's not there yet. Yep. The only guy that can beat man coverage other than Cup is OBJ. Yep. And when he got out, now you put all the coverage, you can single Jefferson and you can just go all over Cup. And like you say, you know, all your guys were out. Like you say, like 
he was sitting there with Cup, and then at some point, the I think the backup tight end got hurt in the game. Yep. yep. And so that they were, I mean, he had nobody out there with him other than Cup. I mean, so I think that last drive was. By the way, Stafford made one of the best throws I've ever seen in my entire life. It happened yep. to be in the final drive of the Super Bowl. The dude makes a no-look 22-yard strike to Cup. I mean, it was just, if you haven't seen this, it's so nasty. That kind of shows you the things they were having to do to try to get the ball to Cup. Because, like you said, he was having two and three guys around him. So he's like, well, maybe if we throw a no-look, he'll break open. And he did. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. It's unreal. <laughs> a no-look dime. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. you know they all like they're literally like four Bengals players, and he's looking this way because he has to get all the coverage to to go, or else it's not going to work. Yep, and I mean it had to be the perfect pass, and it just happened to be the perfect drive. And I don't know what they were thinking putting Eli Apple on him at the end there. I mean, like that's ever going to work. Um, <laughs> anytime you get man coverage with Eli Apple on Cooper Cup. That's a hundred out of a hundred. Well, the touchdown pass was like there was nothing to it. He just ran into the end zone. <laughs> he didn't make any kind of cut or anything. It just no. run straight and throw it to him. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was a good Super Bowl. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree with the halftime. It was like anybody that said they didn't like it made me think. Okay, that means it was really. I like it was really good because everyone that didn't like it was like sixty plus. Yeah, yeah and sure. you're like, well, I that i get it it wasn't that wasn't for you so right yeah then there's nothing i mean there isn't much for them in a halftime super bowl or halftime show of the super bowl you know no 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 um all right guys that's a wrap uh thanks everybody for tuning in we'll be back again this weekend for the risen star live i'm jared welch he's aaron halterman RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> oh wait, I gotta play that video. Oh yeah, do the video. Because I don't want to get in trouble. Don't uh, get in trouble. Okay. Peace.